This is Philosophy versus Improv, where two sages try to teach each other a thing or two, and maybe you, the audience, get something out of it as well. I'm Mark Lintemeyer, a philosophy ubermensch who will go under to learn improv. And I'm Bill Arnett, an improv teacher interested in philosophy. Let's go for the low-hanging fruit for today. That's good. That's good. So I was assuming last time that people already know the drill now. They know what this is, but uh, let me quiz you. What are the two rules? We got two rules. Well, each of us will bring some kind of idea or topic that we want to expose the other one to. We can't say what it is. We can't say what the, the topic is. We have to try to demonstrate it. And rule number two is, this is not a polite game of back and forth. We can be aggressive. I guess. I, Were those the two rules you had in mind? We're not going to take turns. I wasn't assuming that involved aggressiveness, but all right, it's on. <laughs> Although I would say we're pretty respectful. and I'll put, No, we're not. <laughs> I'll put respectful in air quotes. Uh, <laughs> we don't respect the listener's time. Oh, I tried to, dear listener. I respect it insofar as I would want to spend this time doing this. In fact, I'm doing I'm. I'm not asking the listener to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. How about that? There we go. Well, you want to get this thing rolling this week? Is it your turn to go first? All right. Well, what do you think is wrong with lying? And we could do this via a scene, or you could just answer however you'd like. Let's start with me just answering, because I think in today's world, lying is is coming front and center. And I have a theory concerning the ancients. Well, however you want to define it. Everyone define the ancients. What is wrong with lying? You know, I guess it probably depends on the lie. It probably depends on the situation. It probably depends on the motivation of the, of the lie. I can certainly see situations where I have lied. I have straight up lied to my children so they will go to sleep at night. I kind of take that as my parental duties that there is truth and there is, and sometimes truth is ugly and horrible and needs to be pulled back. And perhaps that's more lying of omission rather than lying of commission, but that happens all the time, I feel. That happens That happens quite a bit. So what's wrong with lying? Gee whiz, when people that are in charge or we know where we trust or people that we, we give up our own safety for them to be in charge of our safety or give up our own well-being for them to be in charge of our well-being, I think it kind of breaks a bond of trust, you know? And I think that's that's kind of a bad thing. I mean, it sounded like maybe you thought there was not that much of a bond of trust there in the first place, or it's long been broken. So more lying, if we're just talking about the general relation between citizens and their governments, for instance, if it's already been broken, then what's wrong with more lying? It can hurt people. People can be really actually hurt by real actual lies. I was literally telling the kids about is you can support whatever sports team you want to do. You know, you're a big fan of the Florida Gators football team. Go for it. That's awesome. Wear the hat, get on the message boards and talk all the trash you want. At the end of the day, it's just a game. And win or lose, no one's life or livelihood is in jeopardy beyond willing participants who play football. If if it's a political situation, and now this person is elected to some public office of the public's trust, well, then lies in that situation or, or me wanting my team to win just so my team wins. Well, now that that's important. People's lives, people's livelihoods, people's money, people's health, that could all suddenly uh, is now in play. And in that regard, 
any kind of deception, deceiving ourselves or lying or just wanting our team to win because it's our team. All that stuff now becomes incredibly dangerous because the stakes are more than just a football game or a season of football. So it seems like there's a little bit of going back and forth here between is lying wrong just because it can hurt? And is there something about lying that inherently is tied to hurting such that you might want to consider lying sort of a more fundamental thing rather than even just kind of, because if you really thought it was just about, is it going to hurt in this circumstance, then you wouldn't have a general rule of not lying. You would just base, should I lie in this particular circumstance? Let me do a little calculation. And of course, sometimes we don't have time to do that calculation. So maybe we do set up general rules. I'm not in general going to lie to the person that has my trust because that in itself, as you said, could erode the relationship. But if you really think it just comes down to is a lie going to hurt or not, then lying is actually not wrong in itself. It's Uh, just a matter of what actually is going to result from it. Animals lie. Animals lie all the time. They lie with their deceptive hunting tactics. The idea of deceit, I don't think is inherently bad. I mean, if you're fishing for some kind of like moral thing around it, I just think it's a really hard case to make. But I think we can see enough examples in our own lives of positive lies and then devastating lies. Something's going on. Something's going on with lying and deception. And it's not positive always. I think if we're going to be a society, if we're going to live together in harmony, we just have to say it's like, yeah, generally lying is wrong. Why? Just because it sows disharmony and distrust. If we're going to work together and we're going to solve society's problems, we can't be deceptive simply on those grounds. Now, again, as we talked about in past episodes, once you start setting these arbitrary rules, people start asking why, then those arbitrary rules become dogma, they become religion, they become cultural. I'm not aware of any culture on earth that prizes lying or deception or that successfully rules for long periods of time via lies and deception. There probably were some. They have now been conquered by by the societies that work together through skillful lying and deception, or they're just more cautious with it. I think we should test your point with a scene. And in fact, I kind of want to do something. This kind of leads into something a little bit here. I'm going to start talking and I want you to cut me off. Now, this may seem rude, but it does not violate one of our rules. And it's something that I want to test the effects that we get. Is that cool? That is cool. Great. And you can just cut me off anytime you like. Steve, I, I was in the copy room and I think somebody is running photocopies of some kind of band they're in or some kind of party or something because I keep, A, we're running out of toners super quickly. And B, you can cut me off anytime you want. No, I, I just, what you're saying is very fascinating. I just wanted to, I wanted to do the dangle there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for violating my trust. Start it over. Start it over. And I do want this to be a little knee jerky and you can change the subject entirely, but I do want this to be a little knee jerky. All right. Cause I'm trying to achieve an effect here. Let's see if we can make it happen. Well, this is the second bedroom, uh, second of two bedrooms. And uh, it's a little bit smaller than the first one. Liar! That bedroom is clearly larger than the first one. Uh, sure, you know, maybe I got them backwards. You know, I, I show a lot of apartments every day. Uh, I didn't mean to. I think the problem we're having here is that you are a chameleon and I am a Komodo dragon. And chameleons are inherently deceptive with their coloring, changing it. Be honest about who you are. Dude, I just, I show apartments, Okay. 
I live down on the first floor. I get like half my rent knocked off for showing people apartments. Okay. That's that is the only kind of job that a chameleon should be allowed to have. In fact, it might be a little too much responsibility. Okay. I, I, if you want the place, we can, I can give you the paperwork. The we'll, Komodo will have whichever apartment is the superior apartment. Well, this is the only one we have open right now. It's, it's this one. It's a two bedroom, one bath. Uh, it's a four, four floor walk up, you know, but that's, that's that. Does this have room for a tail? And I don't mean that kind of tail that you have that comes off and you think you can put it. I mean, I need to be able to move around 360 degrees and my tail should not touch any wall. You're standing in it right now. If you want me to leave and you can produce your tail and swing it around. Perhaps you can just blend with the wall and then I won't even notice you deceiver. Okay, look, I, I, there is, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to forward along an application to the management team if, if this person is exceptionally weird. Okay. And I, I do want to sell this, but I do want to rent this place. I got a little, I got a little, little action for, I'm for, beginning to think that you've not been informed of the true situation in which we find ourselves. Okay. That we are all, I don't know if I, I even should let you know because it's obviously you're of a lower class Dude. and it seems like you can't handle the truth. Dude, do you want this apartment? I will play your game for the moment. All right, I will leave you in blissful ignorance and I will sign Here, your papers. on the counter work, this is the application you fill out. Uh, I hope you don't need a co-signer because the, the guys that run this place hate co-signers, but it's all right there. Bank information, job information, little background check, full disclosure. They don't really run it, but they just want to see that it's filled out. Is that cool? That's cool. Awesome. First month's security deposit. And if you want, they'll roll the deposit into your last month's rent. They're, they're cool with that. All right. As long as you keep one consistent color throughout our transaction, I will not deal. Deal. How about this one? How about flesh tone? I'll keep this one. Is that cool? The walls blend a little too well with the flesh tone. Can you make it a little darker? I'll, I would, you know, I'll, I'll stand. I'll stand over by the window. Is that better? Stand right. by the window? Okay. If you get darker, that's lighter. By the window is lighter. Oh, well, I'll stand Go. over by the closet. Put yourself, oh, yes. yes, in the closet. Okay. I'm and now closet. my tail can move. Oh, oh, that is good. That is good. It can move 360 degrees. Heat's included, FYI. Heat's included. Have I mentioned that? Heat's included. Let's put this out of its misery. <laughs> <laughs> misery? Are you kidding? <laughs> it probably would have played short, and it did play a little short. Well, we're not going to equate short with wrong or broken. Now, my question to you, Mark, is forcing you to aggressively interject yourself into the scene. What was the effect of that? Well, I kind of had this idea for the scene before you (laughs) started it. And clearly, because you started it two different ways, you did not have a strong feeling. I wonder if I should have carried it all the way through and revealed to you the truth of your existence. But it seemed that I don't know what would have been the alternative uh, to completely playing it straight. The way that you were, you were doing. <laughs> well, you know, this, again, the scene is going to be what the two of us agree that it is. It's not just one person and someone else necessarily standing there. And I would like to think that your scene partner would always have an effect on what's going on. And we're open to their attempts to nudge it in whatever direction they want it to go. Yes, I will admit, and I will cop to the fact that I will go super real in the face of super weird. And perhaps that's me. Perhaps that's something I, I need to look at. That, no, no, that make. I mean, it makes sense. Having a setup in which I'm supposed to intrude myself, if I'm playing a super weird character, it seems like that problem was already solved. Intrusions happen in life. They happen in life all the time. It's part of life. If it happens in life, it can happen on stage. 
And sometimes some of the improv rules get kind of arbitrary. And I think getting away between life experience and real experience, and I'm not a fan of that. I think we could get stuff, life stuff on stage. That was something I was trying to do. Let's do this. I want to run this thing back because you kind of admitted you had something in mind. And I want you to just let go, allow, have this first line wash over you. And three or four words in, you're just going to interject something. Does that make sense? Are you saying go with the same idea? Or Different idea. Brand new. In, in fact, okay. you won't even know what the idea is. In fact, if you're ready for the most, impo- clear your mind, as impossible as that is, <laughs> and don't allow yourself to be inspired till you begin hearing what it is I have to say. All right. But the second you are inspired, you're going to snap right into place. Cool. My mind is clear. Great. Look, when we get to Houston, I'm just saying this. If it's cool, I'm going to try to ask for two separate hotel rooms. It's just these business trips, I just... I need my space and some time away, you know, and... Uh, I think we should use the same hotel room. I think it'll be cheaper. Okay, I mean, it'll definitely be... And that's what they... That's a corporate assigned to us. But I'm just saying, like, if we can swing it, are you cool with me asking? You don't think that corporate has a better idea of the budget than you do? Dude, I'm not talking about corporate's budget. I'm talking about us in Houston for 10 days, two grown men. I got a family. I'm, I don't know, do you have a family? I have, I live with 12 people. Oh my gosh, don't you want your own room? So I'm, I'm not generally used to being in my own room. Well, we can get adjoining rooms if that's fine. But I mean, this is going to be, this is a long trip, dude. And if we can get just two separate rooms, they don't need to be suites or anything, but just let's not put two grown men sharing a hotel room. Can they, we have the door that opens? We can ask, we can ask. I will, I will take all the heat for this. They may say, they may say no. They may say they can't do it. I don't know. Sometimes when the door opens, I feel like, I feel like something might come through. Or, um, okay. It would just be my room. I don't think it would be. When my brothers and sisters are there, I, I feel like we could fight off whatever might come through the door. But then if it's just you, then you would be helping me fight off whatever comes through the door, but you'd be on the other side of the door. So then I wouldn't know if you were coming through the door to help me fight off what's coming through the door, or if the thing that's coming through the door is is the fighting, the the thing that I need to fight, and then you would have to come from behind. Deep breath. Everything's going to be fine, okay? They may may say no, but I'm just going to... Now, what you're saying is the likelihood of there being a monster, A, the likelihood of there being a monster... B, the likelihood of there being a monster that lives in that space between the two doors, that's all pretty low, all right? I guess it's just that I feel like the monster could come through either door, any door, and when there's more than one door, I mean, I like the fact that we would be connected by a door, but then to have the door to the outside and the door to the other room, I guess if the doors could connect in a way. Have you been on business business trips before? I pretty much travel all the time. Okay, how do you handle... It's just that I usually bring my family with me, and when I do that, then we can band together and defeat anything that might oppose us. Have you, how often have you had to band together to defeat something? I mean, it, usually. You, you, you're I mean, saying usually, usually. Usually you've had to band together. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't do it by myself. Tell, tell me about the last time you and your family banded together to, def- to defeat something. All right. So... Often this might happen when we're not even in the hotel yet, but like we get to the lobby of the hotel and then there's a door and then someone comes through the door and maybe like a a bell jingles or something. And then we 
we we just start screaming and we we leap at the person. All right, and we knock them down and we run out of there. As that fast okay, that as sounds we can. like a, that so, sounds like an assault. And so on we your just part. go to a different hotel. Look, I'm because, gonna I'm gonna ask about it, and let's hope it can happen. We will cross all those bridges as they occur. All right, man. But I'm gonna. I ask. would think as the junior member of this business, you would be taking my advice and my uh, insight into the hazards that we might find on the road. I, I don't am. know at your old company what things were like, but at at Jomco, we take our uh, self-defense seriously. I am, and I'm going to do adjoining rooms, and we can leave those doors open when we're both in there and then close them at night or have some kind of opening-closing thing, all right? But I'm just... This is a chance for me to get away, get some private time, some privacy, and I'm going to take it. And if you're cool, it sounds like you are cool with reluctantly cool, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask. We have three and a half hours till we get to Houston. Don't be insulted if I put on my Bose headphones. Do you really think that you should do that when someone could come in at any point? Come into the airplane. There's four doors in this car. We're, oh, we're driving oh, now? In, when we're getting <laughs> there. Yeah, right, yeah well, there we go. There we go. Right. There we go. We had a little confusion over our mode of transit. Welcome to improv. We can't get rid of that. Awesome, Mark. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed your character you found. Did you enjoy the character you found? I am a little tired of my own characters. In that <laughs> they all have suffered a little too super weird. And was trying to continue in both of these scenes to investigate this idea of what if someone lies, either is in a situation where there is, well, I guess in the first scene, I was ultimately pushing perhaps toward we're in a Matrix-like scenario since you clearly were not buying the fact that you were the inherently deceitful kind of lizard and I was a regular undeceitful lizard. Sure. That maybe you had not received the truth about our lizard situation and there was going to be some, in other words, a society founded on lies. But that was already kind of complicating the concept that you had raised earlier in the discussion of seeing someone a natural creature that uses camouflage yeah. as considering that lying. And in this case, I actually hadn't completely made up my mind whether Perfect. I was lying continuously or whether you were <laughs> merely deceived about the normality of the situation, much like in the first one. What I enjoyed is, did you know when you interrupted me that your character was an absolute and total square? Well, if it saves corporate money... That was what some of some of your earlier lines were like. Sure. What a drip. Man, are you kidding? What a wet blanket. Did you have any idea you were going to be that person? When I was saying that, yes. <laughs> so do you think that would have made more sense to just continue down that road rather than trying to introduce these chaotic elements? I mean, there's always going to be some level of chaos. I'm not going to lie, especially with you, Mark. We're always going to get some level of chaos. It certainly is interesting and allows more interesting, creative things to happen. What I was really going for here is this whole idea of when we kind of throw ourselves haphazardly into the fray, when we interrupt somebody and don't give ourselves a chance to speak, we end up discovering cool, interesting things. Say more about that. (laughs) I don't want to get too close to my thing. It does have kind of a snappy thing. But the idea is is that we can conceive of it's about to come out. Well, we can think of characters in two ways. One way, like we just did them, which I'll, I'll label later, but you may be able to figure out what this label is. One way is we're going to call inside out, brain to body, brain to voice. And that is, I have an idea for a person and I'm going to go out there and do it. I'm going to be someone who just talks all the time, who's always got a story. Oh, that reminds me, I'm going to be that person. And I think of that and I own that and I 
plug that in before I even step on stage. I've got some kind of from my brain to my body. And if I move my body, if I do anything physical with my voice, oh man. Well, that reminds me, it's all coming from this idea of, have I got a story for you? It is driven by this decision that my brain made the other way of acting and the other way of creating, as you might imagine, would be called mere reaction outside in. (laughs) And the idea is making a body choice, making a voice vocal choice, making some kind of choice external from your brain, something that's more, what's the word I'm looking for? Visceral. And then analyzing what that choice is and going backwards and plugging that in and discovering what it is on the fly. Not even on the fly, because the inside out can be on the fly as well, but prioritizing vocality and physicality over brilliant idea. And a lot of people in the theater world actually do things like that. And like they wear their character's shoes to rehearsal. I'm going to be in a play in a month. I'm already wearing the character's shoes. The costume? No, just the shoes. And this whole idea is, is that perhaps by kinetically altering my body, it is worming its way into my mind, into my performance, into my everything. It might be a fake it till you make it kind of idea that we can change our external self and have it inform our internal self. So this is a point that's very difficult to embody in a podcast formula. Uh, (sighs) However, (laughs) the podcast formula. I'm doing, oh, I'm doing, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And thanks for being a guest on my podcast. I really, uh, hey, hope that we can have a good, for no problem. No we problem. Have a this good was a discussion. joy. I had fun and it was a great time. This was a great time. So how do you do this? How do, how do you every week? You got a podcast. How does this work? Often I ask the person a question and then they answer the question. And so my question to so you don't know, you don't know the answers. That's what you're telling me. You don't know the answers. Sometimes I feel like I might know well, the is answers. That fair? Is that fair? Because I've read your bio and I read your book. Okay. Mark, and I, just, I <laughs> have been following you on Twitter. And so hold. Okay, so hold, okay. Yes, now, okay. that was three straight times. I tried to do three hip pocket, not even predetermined characters i literally you said something and i quickly allowed that to find a voice well i asked the questions and my snap judgment and again no idea who this person is but suddenly i got suspicious so i'm going to roll with that suspicion well thanks for being on the show well that made me think of some kind of gratitude you know and it's like it's barely just glancing off my brain gratitude and now, hey, it's now, this. oh, so thank you so much. You know, who is that person? Where do they work? What's, what's going on? I, I don't know what their deal is, but I know I'm building it and discovering it pretty quickly. But is it truthful? <laughs> I will tell you at the end. I think Which I, one I, is the real you? Have, has this whole thing been an exercise that the first time I got you on here, I asked the first question and you decided to launch you into this character that you've been then carrying with through I believe this is nine discussions. Oh boy, if I could carry this through with nine discussions, that is deserving of an award right there. That's pretty amazing, I would say. So simply being able to carry that through, I think that's lying or not, that's pretty amazing. Our card tricks lies? Our magic shows lies? I feel like I'm about to let my message get out. I just did it as well. Because you did it, I as just well. did it as well. What's making this whole episode difficult for me is really related to the underlying point that I was trying to make is that 
unless people were telling the truth most of the time, language would not even be possible. Sure. Sure. And so this is used as an ethical defense by Immanuel Kant, for instance, that the reason a lie is wrong is because there is something about the inherent act of speaking itself that is inimical to lying. So it's like, by talking to you at all and making claims, built into that is an implicit statement, the thing that I am saying is true. Unless somebody is like doubting you, you don't actually have to say that. Believe you me, you know, and then state what you're saying. But having a sentence and saying, the cat is on the mat and it is true that the cat is on the mat, those are actually the same sentence. There is always built into your statements an implicit assertion that what you're saying is true. Unless, of course, we're in the context of a scene, some other convention, Kant is not going to rise up from the audience and say liar to the performers. Well, in fact, if I said I was going to do a magic trick and it was just turned out to not be a magic trick, then I would have been deceiving you. I signed up for a magic trick. And if it was just a very bad magic trick. So so the humor by subverting our expectations, I think you run the risk of, I thought you were going to do a magic trick, but you actually, it was a conceptual joke. It wasn't a magic trick at all. So you have to ask, what is the actual activity are we engaged in? Were we agreeing to be in the magician audience relation or were we just being in the performer audience relation? Yeah. In which case you can change the expectations and that's okay. And in fact, we, you know, we were talking about performance art that there's sort of an assumption, just like a magician. If you don't somehow subvert my expectations, yeah. then well, <laughs> yeah. you've subverted my expectations. Yeah, I'd buy that. And again, it's like, I don't know of any... Is there a religion out there? Is there an ethical, is there any historical pre-20th century construct that promotes, rewards lying? I'm not an anthropologist or sociologist. I am not aware of one. It would have to be in specific contexts. So I can certainly think of books that I have read, you know, works of fiction in which some society, well, braggadocio. Sure. Being N- national in security. Fact, maybe aren't we in a, a situation to bring it back to the political thing where a certain amount of lying is not only not a violation of trust, but it is expected because it's a democracy for you, my desired candidate to get elected. You have to play to the crowd. I know what you really mean. I can see you through your words to get at the soul of goodness that's within you. But if you weren't at least tipping your hat to those gods of the many, whether it's political correctness or whether it's Christianity or, you know, depending on which party you belong to, you would lose. And so I expect you as part of the game to be deceptive. Well, I think I will judge a lie by that lie's motivation. How about that? I get that there are national security concerns. I get that there are pain or hurt concerns. You know, telling somebody the cold, hard truth can be very painful and perhaps needs to be metered out. I could understand, again, lying to a child for what happened to Grandpa Jerry. I can either say, well, he was in a car accident, or I could say he was in a car accident when his head got chopped off and he skidded under a flatbed truck. You know, why say that? I'm going to omit that part and just say car crash. So again, when we start judging things by these motivations, I think it comes up a lot, especially in this age, where you get so many specious questions being asked. And it's like, when you know, political pundits, mostly on the right, I'm just asking the question. I'm just, you know, that whole thing. It's like, 
why are you asking that question? And I think in their hearts of hearts, there is selfishness, there is power, there is greed. They're not just asking the question. They have an ulterior motive. And I think in that regard, even a quote-unquote innocent question can become a lie if it's used to mask someone's objectives. Yes. So this is very much a matter of, just to kind of relate it to one of our past discussions about the social contract and institutions of what language game are we involved in right now? Yeah. (laughs) And the default should be no lying at all. And partly that is, you know, for reasons of coherence, for reasons of efficiency, for reasons of even just remembering. Yeah. What the hell you said? Well, we can't, a we can't ago. function. We can't function as a society if we don't communicate truthfully. Our relationships in particular, maybe what's more important is consistency within the relationship than ultimate authenticity. And authenticity is a whole separate issue, which we should save for another discussion. <laughs> but just in a work environment, when you're traveling, it would have been much better for my character a much more sane, normal response, not more entertaining for the scene, but as a human being. Fair enough. Even if he had a crazy background in which he would be nervous about, I just was having actually trouble figuring out why someone would want to disagree with getting the separate rooms. (laughs) So really the whole trouble of that character came with the answer to that question. Well, no one's got a stopwatch. No one's waiting for that answer right away. It may be an answer we end up discovering and don't know yet. Maybe I need to pry it out. You're just reluctant, but I've got to pry it. And in that prying, we learn information about you. We learn information about me. And the reason is buried in there. But we're not going to know what it is until we start digging. And letting go of knowing what it is before we start digging. And throughout the digging process, I'm sure there's an analogy with blind people and an elephant. You know what I'm saying? That gets thrown around a lot here or... So the growth in that scene then of that character would be a gradual weakening of that social presentation that two casual colleagues have with one another to the shameful or bizarre or otherwise interesting truth. Yeah. The authenticity of that character. I don't know. I, as a younger person, especially in my personal relationships, was just relentlessly sometimes even cruelly honest. (laughs) Sure. To the point of, oh, I'm so upset because I can't talk to you, my current girlfriend, about misgivings I have about not being with my past girlfriend. Shouldn't I be able to talk with you about that? Like, no, you should not. You should be a decent human being and lie, lie, lie. Well, I think it's that whole thing about sometimes, especially with, there's probably some anti-vaxxers out there who kind of this death before dishonor kind of a thing. And once you start... Oh, at least in my own path and journey, once you start getting older, dealing with more people, having children, trying to live your life, you realize like you don't get this honor award. There's no prize in it. I'll say this, being honorable to concepts or honorable to non-concrete things, be honorable to people, be honorable to your own self and your own feelings and those around you, and you will be rewarded. But I think part of honoring other people is honoring their feelings and honoring their experience that they're having. So not telling them about your past Conquests is an honorable thing to do in that regard. However, just choosing arbitrarily that all lying is wrong, therefore one must be brutally honest. There's no prize for that. But do you think that at least you would have enough respect for the truth to 
Oh, it's just not lying. It's a merely not going into detail about things that would be painful, for sure. instance. Grandpa died in a car accident. Did he slide under a truck and get his head chopped off? I can't disclose that. No, he didn't. He didn't. Ask me when you're 18. <laughs> what happened to Grandpa? This is reminding me, I don't want to go back to this again, but a decade ago when my mother passed away and we were dealing with doing the thing with the ashes and my sister then had much younger kids and really did not want to actually explain what the ashes were <laughs> and requested that like we could all go together and dump the ashes, but don't spell out that this is your grandma that That's was burned her. up in a fire because this will just freak them out. And <laughs> I don't know. I didn't feel so good about, I felt like maybe some truths kids could handle a little more yeah. than you think. And maybe this was something that for the solemnity of the occasion was worth not making the rest of us have to hold this information back. Every kid is different. Every kid has their own things. And knowing the, the child goes a long way. I was telling one kid about the movie Memento. And the idea that this guy was in some head injury and lost his ability to remember things, spoiler alert, but I knew one child would think that's the coolest thing in the world. Awesome! Head injury and y'all can't remember stuff? Cool. And the other one would be like, that's going to happen to me, isn't it? That is my fate. Tomorrow, to be hit in the head and lose my memory of all of you. So I knew not to tell that one. And when that child came into the conversation midway through, what are you guys talking about? Well, this guy was born with this condition, and you weren't born with it, so you can't get it. And that was how that happened. You know, maybe we should talk more about parenting. You know, I think if the fans want to hear more parenting tips. Did you feel yourself, there were so many TV shows we would see as a kid, say the Flintstones, where someone would get bonked on the head and get amnesia. Yeah. Were you afraid that this might happen to you, or was that put in such a comedic context so consistently that... It was not a serious consideration. Well, also, they eventually got over it. And they just, you know, yeah, you just need to get bonked again. Get bonked so I guess again. it's not that bad. And it's not that bad. Yeah. So I was, <laughs> I believed it was true, but I didn't necessarily believe it would happen to me. I was not allowed as a child to watch certain things, particularly the Roadrunner. I could watch the other Bugs Bunny things, mm -hmm. but the Roadrunner was so purely based on violence. And I remember my mother telling me at some point about some young child who was watching one of these shows, maybe Tom and Jerry, and then just walked up and just like cracked his dad over the head with a hammer and killed him. Because <laughs> that's what can happen if you don't understand the difference between reality and TV. You mentioned that you could watch other Bugs Bunny, just not the Roadrunner. I would say the Roadrunner might be the least problematic of the classic Warner Brothers cartoons. But I don't think they ever touch on racism or sexism at all. Or <laughs> some of the... <laughs> the other ones can get pretty thick in that. Well, and I did have a girlfriend when I was younger accuse me of sounding like Pepe Le Pew. So okay. you, you're, maybe you're, the wrong things uh, got into me. Affecting from a kids. French accent. And uh, yeah. Uh, just in my way of uh, being <laughs> uh, romantic. I don't know. Well, we both kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit. You certainly were playing heavy on lies and deception and deceit and how all that works. Yeah, should we ask the judge bot? I really, I don't have a good idea. I feel like they were about even here. But let's uh, crank up the judge bot and uh, see if we can. Flippable. So here, black is uh, <laughs> is improv. Silver is. This is. I'm just saying the code that the judge bot oh, spits sure, out. Sure, you're not flipping so a coin. You're not flipping some kind of random 
<laughs> I lost randomizer I lost thing. Wow. Thing fell, lost it. The fell on the ground. I need a different one. Boy, doesn't that sound like the end of a sci-fi short story or something? We finally decide. We all agree that the flip of a coin will decide this issue. And all parties are like, yes, we will abide by the coin flip. And if it flips up one way, we got single payer health care. It flips up the other way. We got, you know, whatever the other side wants. All right. Flip the coin. And it falls to the crack in the sidewalk. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> yeah. The little uh, token that came out of the judge bot, I dropped somewhere and I don't, yeah. I don't know where it went. So I think indeterminate. Indeterminate. Is, uh, indeterminate. I mean, I, like, I could just ask, oh, see, it's going to make us do a whole other episode if we want another judgment. <laughs> this is the, it seems like there could be a patch to this thing that would make it a little more useful. These Chinese drop shivers stuff, you got to be careful with that. You know, it's probably already stolen all your passwords and whatnot. The second you put it into a USB port, it's already downloading everything. So it did kind of, my dog is now kind of attached to the back of it and looks to be hmm. sleeping. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that's just a part of how it's supposed to work. I'm not going to worry about it too much. Yeah. Let's say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed learning from you today, Bill. And I enjoyed learning from you too, Mark. There's more to be heard, folks. After every episode, Bill and I keep talking in what we call our post-game segment to reflect on the episode, think about the future, and share our recommendations in the philosophy and comedy worlds. There are a couple options for getting this, and you can find out about them at philosophyimprov.com slash support. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 